The San Francisco Dance Film Festival presents Dancing Through the Lens, a bi-monthly podcast featuring guests from our dance and filmmaking communities, both near and far. Dancing Through the Lens offers a platform for artists in the dance world to share their interests and insights and discuss how they use film to create work and connect with audiences. I'm Claire Schweitzer. And I'm Coral Martin. This week, I have the opportunity to speak with Lydia Clinton, a freelance dance artist who has performed with many groups in the San Francisco Bay Area, including Capacitor, Push Dance Company, and Zocco Dance Theater. Over the past year, she has become a social media sensation by presenting videos that are simultaneously entertaining and technically astonishing. We touched on many topics in this discussion, including performing for screens, her step-by-step process for creating internet videos, and the paradoxical anonymity of a million views. Lydia, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And it's it's so wonderful to talk to you right now because, um, I mean, we've actually danced together before, and I've seen you perform so many times over the last few years. And even over the course of the pandemic, I feel like I've been seeing you perform quite a bit as well, albeit in a slightly different format. So actually wanted to just lead off with that. Like having seen you perform so much over the years, it feels like I don't see you in the same piece twice or like the same kind of project twice. Like I mean, <laughs> I mean, we've performed together in an opera. You have done musical theater. You have done, um, you've done aerial work. You've done, you've sung in uh, the Cat Call Choir by from in Tanya Kinesi's work. Do you have a particular space in performance that you feel most comfortable in, or do you just like pushing yourself or pushing your limits as a performer? Yeah. Um... You know, I'm always looking at like what is the next thing, which is great because that pushes me to like, you know, do other things. But also, I feel like I get kind of zoned out in the present. I've been in the Bay Area now for almost five years. So I came here the summer after I graduated from undergrad and I was so focused on just like dancing all of the time. And so in the beginning, you know, I was just taking whatever work that I could find. But then once, especially when I got to around 2018, I was, I worked with a lot of people that I, to this day, will still work with them. Um, But towards the end of like 2019, I was starting to get a little bit frustrated with my, um, uh, I don't know, like my, not my dance career, but just like in the work that I was doing, I felt like I wasn't getting challenged enough and that things seemed to be repetitive. So I really enjoy it. Like you listed like a lot of things that I've done and I'm just looking for ways to push myself. So like singing in cat call choir, that was really the first time I actually used my voice and that really woke something up in me. I was like, Oh, I actually really like singing and speaking on stage. And so, you know, I really enjoyed like acting instead of just having the serious dance face for like 90 mm-hmm. minutes. <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs> and then, you know, doing aerial work like with, you know, Jody Lomask and Capacitor and with Joanna Highgood with Zako. Um, that was just really pushing my limits. And I was just like, whoa, this is really, really, really cool. So I think, I mean, just the nature of the 
dance scene and from my perspective um I feel like the people that I enjoy working with they don't often do they don't work like full time so I just try to get <laughs> I used to I don't really do this anymore because I'm, I'm getting older I'm like oh this is a lot but you know I used to try to fill up my calendar as much as possible and so it just mm-hmm. it looked like I was just filling it you know and I and I was and as I get older I'm starting to shed this idea of what my not even my dance career but what my performance career looks like and I definitely think that you know, the pandemic has really stripped that even further as well. So I've become a lot more open to what being a performer looks like. And then also like, mm-hmm. I'm very particular in like what I actually <laughs> want to do. I'm way, way pickier than I was like three years ago. Yeah, you're talking about this, uh, making sort of like making this shift during the pandemic. And like many in the dance field, like performances just completely stopped at the beginning of the pandemic, or at least live performances did. But you really have found a home creating videos on Instagram and on TikTok and just like very, very hyper detailed and very like some somewhat humorous, but very much with a like a dance backing, both in terms of the movement and the rhythm of of what the pieces show. Um, what inspired you to make that choice? Like, how did you really find your home in this space? <laughs> That's a great question. So let's just go to like the beginning of like when the shelter in place order got uh, in place. So um, <clears throat> around that time, I was already feeling a shift coming in my career anyway. Um, again, I was getting a little bit fed up with like, the way that things were in my life. And I even had experienced burnout in like the summer of 2019, like first time ever, like career burnout. I was just, I also didn't give myself a break because Claire, I know you, you know this, but like as a freelancer, you're like constantly trying to find work because if you're not working, you're not making money. It's that simple. Exactly. Um, Also, there's a little bit of worth tied into there too. It's like, oh, if I'm not dancing, then I'm not a dancer, which is total. That's so BS, but that's what I was thinking at the time. I feel Um, you. (laughs) But so, you know, I was working with Berkeley Playhouse um, in in the Heights, and we were going to go into doing that. And then we never actually got to perform, which that that actually messed me up more than I thought it would, because I was just really excited to do something different. And I thought it would be the gateway for me to do other things. And then it just didn't end up happening. Um, so I had to grieve. I had to, you know, mourn that loss in a way. So then when COVID happened, I was trying to dance. Like I tried, I was like, okay, you know, I'm just going to start my own dance practice. I'm going to start doing online classes. And then I was like, screw that. I do not want want to dance at all. I was not (laughs) feeling it. I did it one time and I was like, I'm I'm not doing this. Um, so I was still working for Zocco at the time because I managed their school and, um, I was continuing to teach my contemporary class to the youth company. But when we were shifting things online, um, the company manager was like, Hey, do you want to add 
like any other classes. And I was like, oh, I'll do dance cardio because that seems fun. So that's actually how I got into my dance cardio classes. It was at first it was just for Zako. But then once the school year ended, I was like, man, I'm having way more fun with this than I anticipated. I'm just going to keep going. And so the videos that I started to create on Instagram were um, advertisements for my class. So if you look at, I want to say, I think almost a year ago this month, or maybe even last month, I forgot what, when I started, um, you can see videos like just super basic. I literally just found something in, in my backyard to prop my phone up and I didn't know how to like rip audio and overlay it. So I just put my speaker underneath my phone. Um, and with this crappy audio and I just started dancing one of my routines and then that started to gain traction. I was like, okay, this is actually a lot of fun. Um, how can I get better at this? So, you know, I started experimenting with different apps, um, and then Instagram because the, you know, people are watching us. They're like, Oh, you're like to, you like to make videos. Here's this app, um, that you can enjoy. <laughs> Cause yeah, I've, definitely have bought things off of Instagram. So Instagram's kind of on it, you know, like I'm not yeah. even mad. I'm like, yeah, you can track my life. I, Cause it's probably something that I actually need. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this app called CapCut, that's C-A-P-C-U-T, CapCut. Um, I saw it and I was like, oh, this actually looks pretty cool. So I started making videos off of that and I just started experimenting and um, that's when I started getting into like the cloning videos um, really poorly. It's gotten a lot better since then, but you know, it was a start and I got, you know, that was, and the reason why I was making those videos was because I was advertising for my um, dance cardio classes and that was a lot of fun I don't know Claire if you went I feel like you came to one I don't remember yeah honestly. I yeah I went to a Hamilton themed one it was really oh, fun yeah, yeah, yeah. oh that was <laughs> hilarious y'all if you're listening to yes. this please go into my Instagram just look in like June or July of 2020 look up my Hamilton Instagram video it was great I'm actually yeah. really proud of that I had like costumes I was like all three Skylar sisters <laughs> Yes, yes. It was great. It was so much fun. I was King George. I literally had like a <laughs> like a thing of oatmeal on my head <laughs> and an index card that says King George. So stupid, but I loved it. Um, it was brilliant. And yeah, also um, to our audience, we're going to uh, link that video in the show notes. Yes, so, please, uh, please, please watch it. It's great. Please And comment, uh, comment as well and be like, hey, I'm here from the podcast and this video is amazing. I'd be like, cool, man. That's awesome. The videos you make are, again, they're super intricate, um, and it's very clear that a lot of time goes into them. And you um, alluded to it earlier, but can you actually outline your process of making a video from inspiration to conception to creation? Yeah, and absolutely. About yep. How long I, does that? I got that process down pat. Um, so <laughs> I. I'm pretty lazy, actually. I don't, I'm not a super original person. <laughs> um, so I like to take um, inspiration, whether it's a TikTok trend or something that I've seen before, and I would like to do my own version of it. Um, there's this creator, her name is Cash Bunny, C-A-C-H-E, and then Bunny. Please go check her out. She's uh, really, really, really cool. Um, she's like one of the few female VFX artists that I actually know of. Uh, someone on TikTok oh, wow. told me about her and I was like, oh, this 
this chick's pretty dope. And she was talking about like how originality is not so much of a thing thing anymore. It's more like people just doing their own versions of things that they've been exposed to. And I was like, heck yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. so there will be like a trend on TikTok um, that I see, like usually like the stupid TikTok dances. I'm like, okay, how do I make this ridiculous as possible? And <laughs> I sometimes I will draw out a storyboard, like a very, very loose storyboard. Or I, you know, I just sit and think about like, okay, what do, what's the story who are the characters? Do I need costumes? What shots do I need? So I kind of just make that together. Um, and then I go into shooting. And um, if I'm doing like a clone shot, then I literally just put my phone on a tripod. And I just leave it there. And I just run in and out of the screen in different costumes and do different things. So I do that for a while. And the shooting process is actually pretty easy. That's pretty fast but then the mm-hmm. part the mammoth of the process is the editing so if i'm doing something that's to music because i really enjoy not only doing the clone videos but i also really enjoy um editing shots in a way that goes with the music i really enjoy that a lot it's very intricate but it's a lot of fun and i think a lot of people like to see that as well because it makes sense to their brains so um i will spend a lot of time um editing on my phone i need to upgrade to like after effects or something but right now that's what works for me that's what i can afford so i do that um and i just watch it over and over and over again you know i try to make sure um, for those of you who have iPhones, you can actually change the quality of your video and the frame rate. So I like to shoot in uh, 4K, 60 frames per second, just making it mm-hmm. super clear. Um, because again, you know, algorithm, it responds really well to like clear video. So if you have crappy video quality, it's not going to get picked up. Okay. Just a tidbit there. Um, so then right. I yeah. uh, download the video and then I... Um, upload it to TikTok um, and sometimes Instagram. I don't always put all of my reels on Instagram because I don't want Instagram to be a dumping down, dumping ground um, of all of my TikToks. Yeah. I mean, I just want to say like, even though you're doing this on your phone, it's like, it's still incredibly high quality work. And I always say like, it's not about like what you're making the film with. It's how you make the film. Like, one of my favorite quotes ever is Maya Darren's like, cameras don't make films, filmmakers make films. And really the quality, I mean, not only the technical quality that you have in the work, but also the performance quality, which if you're filming yourself and speaking from experience myself, is really hard to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is, yeah. And I mean, the pandemic's also not the first time you've performed for camera. You actually were a part of uh, San Francisco Dance Film Festival's collab, yes. um, performing in Jody Lomask's piece, um, performing for a 180-degree immersive camera. And I mean, obviously, performing for a screen is different than performing for an audience. And is there what kind of challenges have you faced with that? And what kind of surprises have come from that as well? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, challenges, um, feedback. I am definitely a feedback, like immediate feedback kind of person. And I think anyone who's like performed on both stage and screen, they can tell you like, you know, when you're on stage, you are getting immediate feedback of 
you know, from the audience of what they think of, of you. Well, not you personally, but you being on stage performing this work. Um, and then also like, uh, the energy, I miss the energy of like performing with people for people. Um, especially when people are like really engaged, like I can definitely feel that. And it's this beautiful exchange, but with screen, I will say what I do like is that because people are not there, I feel like I can just kind of do whatever (laughs) I want. I don't feel the pressure. So sometimes like that energy is a really positive thing. And it can also be a distracting element as well, where I kind of like my nerves get ahead of me. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, so-and-so is here in the audience and blah, blah, blah. Man, when I post this on TikTok, I don't know, like, any of my followers I probably only know like 20 people actually <laughs> in person and then on Instagram I don't really care I just put it out there and then I'm just like well we'll just see who sees it oh so-and-so liked it cool great whatever but yeah but at the same time I believe one of your videos ended up getting a million views on Instagram yeah it did um or sometimes that right? what happens on Instagram is that it will be a featured reel and so they're like oh this person has really cool stuff. So two of my videos hit over a million views. And then one video on TikTok, which was kind of a fluke, totally saw this guy did it, didn't know how he made it. And then I figured it out. So I did my version of it and it got over 3 million views. And I was just like, dang it, that's the video I'm known for. And it's the one, if you go onto my Instagram, you can see it on Instagram or TikTok, but it's me jumping off of my couch onto my table. And some people, uh, <laughs> and some people are like, oh my gosh, how did you not go to the hospital? Blah, blah, blah. And then people are like, oh my gosh, y'all, like it's a masking green screen, blah, 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 whatever. And so people are trying to like appear like really smart. I'm like, well, good for you. Gold star. You figured it out. But having a virtual audience is really weird. And I guess because I've been out of it for over a year now, I kind of like the, um, impersonalness of having an audience I kind of like not knowing who's watching and not having a tangible sense of like how many people are seeing it like like imagine you know a hundred thousand people seeing your work live that's basically being like a singer or a performer on stage that's like you're performing in football stadiums but on line you know you can easily perform for millions of people from your living room so I like the convenience of that and also because I don't take on pressure very well it's it's actually really helpful for me to actually not understand fully like you know how many people are watching you know if I see like 10 people Mm -hmm. comment I'm like oh at least those 10 people enjoyed that (laughs) I show it to my mom and my dad and my siblings I'm like did you guys see my video and they're like yes and I was like Okay, great. Cool. (laughs) Go on and make another video. (laughs) Well, we're coming up to the end of our time together. But and I know that pandemic time can work in very mysterious ways. And it's hard to really predict the future. But what's what's next for you? Or what are you hoping to do next? I dread this question. Um, (laughs) um, To be honest, I am really not sure. I do know that I enjoy creating videos. And in one way or another, I want to keep doing that, whether it's for myself or for other people, because I have collaborated with people on Instagram to make their videos for them. So definitely want to keep doing that. 
In terms of like my dance career, I don't want it to return to how my life was pre-pandemic. Um, I don't want to do that again. Just like the, you know, working with multiple people on projects, you know, like four or five projects at a time. That's just a lot for me. Um, and also it was just all in dance. And I, I think I'm getting, I'm reaching a point in my life where I'm like, you know what, I feel like I have so much more to offer. And I also want to be in work that is more seen, but that reaches a bigger audience. So I have been looking at like film and like getting into acting. I took a couple of acting classes with ACT and then, yeah, I don't, I honestly have no idea. I don't know. Um, which is like such an unsatisfying answer, but I, yeah, I honestly just, I just don't know. I also need to work on like getting into a healthier place um just personally right now I feel like I've been just coping and just getting by and I feel like I need to create an environment for myself that I can actually thrive in reestablish that foundation again I think I speak for so many people that we support you in this and we are so grateful for what you've provided over the I mean over the course of the past several years but especially over the course of the past year or so and you've you know been bringing so much joy I mean certainly to my life but I mean also in many of the many of the San Francisco Dance Film Festival team members lives as well they're oh, that's um, amazing. huge fans of your work well for our audience again we are linking uh, Lydia Clinton's uh, social media pages in the show notes and if you are listening to this episode please do watch her videos and please do comment share her share all the love and yes. direct all that love and energy to her way yes 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 please I need it <laughs> I'm <with> it. <laughs> Lydia, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I've, this is like my first podcast interview ever. So I was very excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to be on a podcast. Let me get my, my stuff together. But yeah, super fun. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that I can share what I love to do. <laughs> the Yerba Buena Gardens Choreo Fest returns on Saturday, July 10th. Curated and co-produced by Raw Dance's artistic directors, ChoreoFest features the work of local choreographers crafted specifically for the garden's scenic lawns and architecture. This year's edition features Kiandanda Dance Theater, Margaret Jenkins Dance Company, and Concept 4, among many others. Performances are free and open to the public. More details can be found in the show notes. Dancing Through the Lens is a production of the San Francisco Dance Film Festival. It is produced and hosted by Coral Martin and Claire Schweitzer. Theme music for Dancing Through the Lens was composed by Daria Novo. You can find the San Francisco Dance Film Festival online at sfdancefilmfest.org and in the social media pages linked in the show notes. Dancing Through the Lens.